This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, Mark Aflalo in Montreal. Thank you guys for being with us. As I keep saying each and every single week, Mitchell, um, how you yes. feeling? You have a good week? Uh, yeah, uh, a good week so far. Um, I would say that I'm a little overwhelmed by everything that happened with Apple and all the different announcements on the software and unsurprisingly on the hardware side, but I'm not overwhelmed. And the reason I'm not overwhelmed, we will get to in a second. Okay, we will do that in a second. I wanna, by the way, if Mitchell seems rushed or excited about something, um, when you are listening to the show, he will have attended game five in New York with the Rangers uh, facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Lightning, yeah, yeah, yeah Avalanche yeah. one. So th this particular um, segment is gonna be pre-recorded for the live show. So yeah, yeah so, so, so you guys, year. if you're listening to this now, it's because, uh, and you're wondering why I'm talking about the past, it's because uh, we pre-recorded this, but Mitchell, uh, you are excited, right? I'm very excited. Originally, we were supposed to take, you know, as you know, Mark, a family trip to New York anyway. And of course, my beloved Rangers, my favorite team in the world. Uh, it just so happens that game five almost coincided with our trip. So we decided, my son and I, to leave a day and a half earlier, take the red eye, go to see game five. And you know what, Mark? It's one of, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's expensive. It's a little crazy, but... It's a bucket list moment, you yeah, know, know, going to, you know, Madison Square Garden with my son, where I grew up in New York, to see the Rangers in the conference. It's crazy. So, yes, a little excited. But also, listen, I'm also excited to talk about WWDC because there was stuff exciting enough and worth talking about, don't you think? Um, I think there's a lot. And you know what? Thankfully, this year I actually had, uh, where's my spare iPhone? My spare iPhone's right here. And I've got the uh, beta installed, not on my actual primary device. I do not recommend that. And we over to my that. left here, I've got an M1 Mac Mini that is finishing the update. And why do I? Why am I doing this on all my devices? Is because I think that one of the cool things this year uh, from WWDC was how all of these work together in different ways. And that's one of the takeaways that I got. But I'm excited about so many different things. Um, here's my list. Okay, so there's how things work together. There's right. the fact that you can plug an iPad into a monitor and actually get a desktop view of something, which Correct. just leads me to believe that we're getting to that point in time where this iPad may actually be a computer of some kind that I can just yes. use anywhere. Um, there's the potential of my entire dashboard of my car being over overtaken by CarPlay. I we're really like get to that. that. That was a super cool thing, but there's a caveat with that too, but go ahead. Okay. Um, are you pointing to me because you told me you're going to send me something, but I have not received it yet. Just letting you know. No, 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 no. Listen, so you know what? Now that you've gone on this list, yes. okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you so something. Things, okay. And I'm, I'm going to give you the greatest gift that you're going to get today. <laughs> okay. The greatest gift you're going to get today. The so, greatest gift. I'm going to um, do you remember, you remember Taylor from Super 73? Taylor is an incredibly creative guy. First of all, great musician, great photographer, videographer, content creator. He worked with Michael Canavo at Super 73, putting together all their social media, all their videos. He's yeah. helped us with some stuff. So uh, Taylor and I became friends from, of course, from Super 73. He has since moved on to work with his wife and also focus on his music and other content creation. Oh, no, I didn't know he left. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very smart guy, very creative guy. And we, he loves Apple. He's a huge Apple fan. So we tend to, and Mark, I'm surprised we usually live text each other during 
doing these you know live events. We didn't this year for some reason. But Taylor had t- just texted me before. I was like, hey, you're going to watch it. So we were texting each other while we were watching WWDC live. I'm telling you this specifically. I'm telling you that we were talking and chatting live you're trying to make me while feel we bad? were doing... Is that what's going on well, here? Huh? Don't make what? me feel bad because we weren't texting? No, no, no. I'm, I'm reiterating <laughs> this because... While we were while we were chatting live and, you know, we joke around like, oh, what's that person wearing or haha, that's yeah. not funny or whoever trains the Apple people to like put their hands in a neutral position is horrible <laughs> because I'm very distracted by the one person touches their fingertips, other clasp their hands. They don't know what to do with their hands. So we talk about all this stuff, right? Yeah. Hold on. Mark Aflalo. I'm Uh-oh. texting this to you right now. Oh, real so, time. Taylor sent this to me afterwards, after we had finished talking about WWDC, and I'm going to text this to you now. It's just something he threw together in notes, okay? And when you open this up, Mark, I want you to keep in mind that Taylor put this together while we were talking and joking and texting each other during WWDC. He didn't have time to do it afterwards. He just, as soon as the event was over, he said, hey, I have a text for you I want you to look at. Um, Are you looking at it right now? Yeah, this is like a cheat sheet for everything that was ever announced. But it wait a is second. the most comprehensive list of anything that happened at any event ever written. And folks, you can't see this in front of you, but I'm scrolling we'll through what is no joke, three full pages of notes that he meticulously took and organized perfectly <laughs> about everything that happened at WWDC. Okay, hang on, Taylor. Uh, there's a producer position now open at your tech report. That's what I wanted to say. I was like, if we could ever get him away. Uh, oh wow! You know, uh, anyway, um, yeah, but he, like I say, he and his <laughs> he and his wife Nicole work together. Plus, he has his music and stuff. But I would take him in a second, looking at and the way that everything was organized wow. within each section. Are you blown away by this? Like I'm I was, blo- I'm blown away, and we'll post this. We'll post this on on social media somewhere. Um, I'm blown away because it also includes the details that weren't announced on the keynote. Like he actually <laughs> he went had it, to fill in himself. Yeah, like yes. he went it afterwards and did the research just to make sure. Was he doing this to prepare you? Like is it like oh, just in case you needed it. It no, he's he's kind of like us. He's the person in his family when there's a thing with Apple. Oh, like oh, problems. everyone comes to him with all things Apple. So he wanted to have this cheat sheet here. You want to know people announced? I just created this cheat sheet here. Check it out. That's hilarious. Isn't that hysterical? That but is isn't this brilliant? It, it is quite brilliant, and let's let's follow along with it. Let, that's why I gave it to you, because I wanted you to use this for the show. <laughs> let's start with iOS 16. No, can we, we, we start with one thing? Can we get the hardware out of the way for a second? Because yes, there was a lot that. of speculation that there may yeah. or may not be hardware announced at this event, and all the leaks and rumors were true. There uh, were uh, was a MacBook Air a new, announced, a new MacBook Air, slightly slimmer than the new MacBook Pros. Um, obviously no fan, so it's going to be limited in terms of what you're going to be able to do in terms of throttling. But I mean, let's not forget, this also features the new M2 processor, which is going to be dramatically faster than the M1. We don't know quite yet where it stacks up with like the M1 Pro and the M1 Ultra. That's oh, what it's I'm, below those. I know, it's definitely I, know below those. I know it's below those, but I'm curious how much below. Like, is it because I know a lot of people like I Justine, who we follow, says she's been using an M1 MacBook Air since it was released for everything. Right. And right. she uses that over her Mac Pro. So imagine an M2 MacBook Air. Is, is that all I need for my next computer? An M2 MacBook well, Air? Like, will I yeah, be able to do everything I yeah, need? Yeah, and 
Well, you know, by the way, thank you, thank you once again, Taylor Fiore, because I'm going to read a little bit about the M2. Okay, incredible power efficiency, Mark. Let's just go through all this. Uh, five nanometer tech size, the chip, of course, 25% more transistors. I think they're in the billions, now 20 billion, I believe. So if it's 25 more, it must, it must have been 16 before. 100 gigabytes unified bandwidth, 50% more than an M1. 24 gigabytes of unified memory where the M1 maxed out at 16. Yep. Eight core GPU, four high performance cores, four high efficiency cores. Uh, around 18% right now, Apple is saying better performance than the than the similar M1. Uh, 10-core GPU, which is two more than the M1. 25% higher graphics performance at the same power, of course, level of the M1. 30% more than the M1 at high power, so that when it's sort of unclocked and ready to go. Uh, Next-gen secure enclave, 40% more than M1. Media Engine is now 8K, multiple streams of 4K and 8K, and of course, 6K external display support. We don't have all the details, of course, of how many simultaneous displays we get supported with the M2, but isn't it interesting? The M2, of course, maxes out at 24 gigs. So for those waiting for a high-powered M2, you're probably going to have to wait for the commensurate M2 Pro and M2 Max slash Ultra Which, to get the 32 and 64 gigs. It'll come down the line, right? Yeah, it'll come. It'll come this year. It'll come actually just in time for me to order a new MacBook Pro. That's what I was waiting for. You finally up. Yeah. I'm, I'm done yeah. with leasing, by the way. I'm done with leasing the, the MacBook Pros. Um, because they update too quickly now. There was a time yes. when I first leased that they didn't update quick enough, so I'm like, okay, I'll be fine. Now well, it was I'm a just, great choice to do, right? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a great choice. Now, now I've got FOMO. I've got the fear of missing out because I want to get these. I want to get these new devices in my hands, which is pretty cool. So that that's the hardware and a new MacBook Pro 13 inch version with the M2 as well, which is um, the other thing that came out hardware wise. Did you talk about you talk about the Air already? We, we talked about the air. Well, it has that processor. It's a nice design. It's got a bigger screen. It's got a better camera. What else is there to say? Thin, yeah, I just light. love the design of it. I like the fact they got away from that wedge design. I know it differentiated it from the Pro line. That's the look of it. But now they're kind of similar, and it makes you kind of wonder, is that smaller Pro going to stick around? Because really, could you figure out the differentiating points, aside from the fact that the new M2-powered MacBook Pro has that touch bar, which I'm surprised the computer still has. Aside from that, and maybe starting off with more base RAM, is there a difference between these two computers anymore? And what's Wait, the logical and reason? And fan. Huh? Weight and fan. Think about it so that you can you can actually um, have a longer or more powerful processes running on the Pro because there is cooling involved. There's no cooling on the air. So because of the thicker chassis, they are able to get a fan in there. And I suspect that it's going to get a little bit more, you know, you know, throttle in terms of just graphics and overall processing power. Yeah, but I wouldn't that is see that is that's not, not enough a deciding to me, point. for me. Yeah, yeah that's, no, I agree. That's not enough enough differentiating point for me to get the M2 Mac Pro. I would probably get the Air if I was going to get something that I wanted to say. And the, the entry point, by the way, is a hundred dollar difference. Yeah. One start the the MacBook Air starts at eleven ninety nine US and the Pro starts at twelve ninety nine. So those two lines are getting blurred, you know, more than ever. So I don't even know that there's a viable reason now to get the thirteen inch MacBook Pro when the Air does almost everything it does. Yeah, it's a, it's a very. Anyway, good point. sorry, I mean to I go on. A tangent no, 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 it's okay. You wanted yeah. to throw it in there because I didn't talk yeah. about it. Okay, do you want? Where do you want to start? So you want to start with Mac OS? I mean, we started with the the Mac. We might, might as well go to Mac OS. I know it goes against Taylor's list here. No, that's but, okay. Uh, Taylor's list is beautiful. We could do whatever we want with it. Do you mean uh, Mac OS Ventura? Ventura. You know, being a California man yourself, although you are native yeah. to New York, I'm not going to forget about that. Thank you. Let's not spit um, on my New York heritage. Do you enjoy the fact that they're naming it after places? It's actually getting closer and closer to your home. 
It is. It, it really is. Because now Ventura, you know, Ventura, of course, is there's Ventura, California. There's also Ventura County, California, just like there's, you know, Los Angeles County and Los Angeles, the city. Um, Ventura County is beautiful. So is the town. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, kind of a nice name. I like that. I thought they were going to go with Mammoth. I don't know who was that said that they might go with Mammoth. Um, Interesting. But I, I, I like that idea of Mammoth. They did not go with it. But there are so many beautiful names from there to start with. So yeah, we they went with it. It's always fun though to watch when Craig Federici when he, when he announces the new name. And by the way, I thought it was like a this whole thing was a a love letter, as Taylor put it, to, to Craig Federici. I mean, oh god, he, that, that thing with the running with his hand, your hair back with his, that beautiful hair flowing <laughs> that just killed me. And you yeah. know, he was great. He makes those things great. But yeah, Mac OS Ventura. Um, I'm sort of pulling it up now. I, I I'm trying to think of what memorable. What were the memorable takeaways? I, I think takeaways. the most memorable I mean, the thing way for me things, I'm guessing. exactly yeah. was stage manager. They're calling this yeah. thing called stage manager. And what it is, it's a new way to multitask and see more windows open or, or to organize the windows that are open. So what it does visually is, let's say you have two apps open. They'll overlay each other on the screen in a little bit more of a 3D depth effect. And groups of other apps that might be open will be displayed on the left side, almost in this angled kind of 3D kind of format. So you see... It looks you cool, see like the curving stacks. inward almost. Exactly. Yeah. You'll see the stacks so you can easily switch between apps and you can bring things and reorganize things. And this is also mimicked onto the iPad, the M1 and beyond iPads, which I find is very cool. And that's what I think is extremely interesting about the fact that both of them have this. They really are coming together in a new way. So what happens is, is when you open a new app, it pushes the other apps to the left of the screen into a stack that makes sense and gives you focus on the apps that you're using. So it's just a way to better organize organize all the apps that are on your screen, which I'm looking forward to, especially on this 49 inch widescreen. Anybody who's on a really big widescreen is going to really enjoy this because you'll really, really be able to um, to kind of, you know, control that space a lot better. Um, yeah. You know, groups stay arranged as you previously set them up. So if you have, you know, an audio program in Zoom kind of going, they'll stay together. Um, you know, Spotlight is getting smarter and getting more access to your web history and different things like pictures and stuff like that, that it wasn't able to index before. So when you use Spotlight, it's going to be able to bring up more and more information that is relevant to what you're looking for. Uh, you know, uh, what else? Uh, images well, in your libraries, timers, uh, live text. It's going to be able to find things like text in images, which is pretty cool. And, and I'm really, everything else is just kind of little aesthetic stuff. It's really icons, and stuff like that. There wasn't much more. I know mail, you know, and individual apps got a little better enhancements. Mail has an undo send option, which which is yeah, which, which I is really more on the iPhone side. But go ahead, yeah. yeah, no, it's way better on the iPhone side. Um, yeah. you can also schedule mail to be sent. This is all stuff that's been available in different apps before. Um, follow up suggestions, reminders for different emails. So it's getting a little bit more AI smarts in there. Safari. There's going to be a shared tab groups. Uh, you can message and face, you know, message and FaceTime integration is going to be a lot cleaner. Um, they've introduced a new pass key option, which is supposed to replace passwords entirely. Right. Again, all things that I think really need to be fleshed out a bit more. And we need to get more details on how these things are going to work because they use biometrics and face ID, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what, Mark? It seems like a lot of these changes were geared toward the new normal. And what I mean is the new way that people collaborate and work at home, work remotely, 
to enhance that experience because to undo, and when I talk about desktop clutter, I mean, I, I'm true desktop clutter when I see little icons and files and folders all over people's screens, it makes me die a little inside. I, I also, I always have to organize them from, this is different. This is workflow organization rather than desktop organization, right? It's a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, the fact that you can have a cleaner experience, a shared experience, because a lot of these changes are about collaborating, whether it's shared tabs in Safari, whether it's uh, watching together on, you know, uh, iOS and or iPad OS. So a lot of things are really geared toward a lot of these changes are geared to a more collaborative experience online, which makes sense because that's how not not only people are working more these days, but even in the still the world is in COVID mode. This is how people socialize and get together in their spare time. Yeah. So having that shared experience is what Apple focused on. And I think it may not have the wow factor that a lot of, you know, previous WWDC announcements or, you know, operating system announcements have had. But in terms of making our lives easier and more collaborative i think this is pretty cool um continuity this is where you'll be able to hand off facetime calls so if you're on a facetime call on your phone and you want to go to your computer you can just kind of hand it off that's huge that Having is huge you had to hang up from face i'm like oh let me switch i want to yeah, switch exactly. to my computer yeah and that's something that i've been used to with teams and various other apps um using the iphone as a webcam this is going to be, it's oh funny God. because everybody's saying this is how they're going to fix the studio monitor webcam. This is a really cool feature, but not only is it a really cool feature to be able to stick your phone and use the back camera as your primary camera, it works seamlessly across the board. Um, it works wirelessly or wired. Your phone can actually stay off and it uses the camera. It has things like portrait mode, center stage, so when you're moving around, it follows you. Studio light, it brightens your face and darkens the background. But the coolest thing, Mitchell, is if you've oh, got a- the thing a, where it looks down? Well, if you've got an ultra-wide <laughs> camera, so you've got a, one of the yes. pro ones it has a yes. thing called desk view that basically allows you and it comes up as a separate camera angle so you can use the main one and this desk view it uses the ultra wide which if you think is this really big fish eye okay and what it does is it uses algorithms to basically take the desk in front of you crop it unskew it so everything looks nice and straight in real time so that you can have an actual view of your desk. So imagine YouTubers who show like hands-on experiences exactly yeah, like doing, yeah, unboxing with one yeah. device. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And it's sort of like it's sort of like what we do in, in our videos or a lot of creators doing their videos where you shoot something in 4K, not for the resolution alone, but just for the fact that you can crop in on 4K and still have a great 1080p image and have almost have four different cameras going at the same time. If you crop down a 4K image, it's the same thing here. If you take an ultra wide image and you crop into the face for the face part of it, and then you crop down because yeah. of the wide angle is taking the down as well and crop down to that overhead view, it looks like two different camera shots because you're cropping in on a larger image, which is kind of genius, and I've never seen it before. Even it, Marquez was impressed by that. No, yeah. no, it was, I think everybody was impressed by it. And here's the coolest part about it, is that it it happens automatically. It's system-wide, which means any application, Zoom, Teams, Skype, imagine it, will be able to use that as a selected camera. So you, in I saw a demonstration of Zoom just using it. So literally, it has the phone on the top. You just go, oh, I'm going to switch my camera view to your desk, and it just works. There's no integration applications, and then developers don't have to do anything special. It just works. You are tuned into your tech report. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, Mark Aflalo in Montreal, recapping WWDC. We were talking about you know, handoff and continuity and all that fun stuff um, on, on Mac OS. Before we dive into iOS, because I want to get in there, I want to mention that they spent a lot of time on gaming. And this is something they that really my did. son comes up to me and goes, when are you going to be able to game properly on a Mac? And I said, Zach, 
you know, I think what's happening here is that the Mac is capable now. It's capable of really gaming like the consoles, like like the mobile devices. It really is capable of doing it. But I think Apple doesn't want to have people downloading and installing games on their computer. They want to wait till the cloud gaming you know, era is really, really in full fledged, which is happening kind of now. Right. Um, and they're going to give people the power to really take advantage of those opportunities because they don't want to mess with developers and all that crap. They want just games that people are used to playing with to just work on a Mac. And I think we're getting to that stage. And the fact that Metal 3 is here and the fact that they spent time on it, I think is an indicator that's where we're going to go. Oh, absolutely. And listen, I, I think developers have had the tools for a while. I think the big misnomer was where there, there were two issues. Number one, like you said, Macs were never powerful enough to run true modern games uh and i think that has been uh disproved <laughs> recently with the uh with the new apple silicon of course and the great graphics power that these chips uh, these system on the chips have and the other thing was that there wasn't enough of a base of mac users to warrant the 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 person power to you know to take games and port them onto macs if they weren't already mac ready so these are the two these were the two roadblocks now i think the mac ecosystem especially mark like you said because of the crossover and the fact that ipads now run the same silicon that the computers do there are enough mobile devices out there to justify people programming for mac on their own and now that ios ipad os and mac os are so similar there's a very good reason and a very good argument to be made for porting much more over to mac as well and the hardware let's face it, the hardware is incredibly capable the hardware is more and they, they i forgot what game they demoed on there it was a it was a console game that they demoed on there during the the keynote but the games look beautiful they run beautifully and uh yeah it kind of makes me excited for the future of gaming but like you said more than anything and this doesn't require anything really on the hardware side other than having the resolution the the streaming and people can already game xbox and i think playstation on their on their mac computer so uh having stuff that works locally with m3 as the graphics engine to help it is just sort of like the next step and i i would game on a mac i'm i'm game <laughs> see what i did there I i'm game for gaming yeah it's kind of lame yeah. I, ios 16 this is always yeah. where it's fun because it really kind of reinvents what we're used to um on the phone uh, i mean i loved i don't even we're not going to get to everything this week it's just not going to happen um lock screen i think that's the biggest change that we're going to see on the iphone which is really being able to customize your lock screen with widgets um, with backgrounds, with depth effects, with fonts, et cetera, et cetera. Almost like you know, they're taking the Apple Watch interface and extending yes. it to the iPhone because yes. literally, and, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll talk through it now um, on, on the device while we're kind of here, but you okay. literally just press and hold the lock screen and you can then customize various elements of it. You hit the customize button and you can, you know, create wallpapers. You can add widgets to it, really small widgets to sit behind, underneath the time, weather. Um, so many things that developers are going to be able to create widgets for. It's right. really going to make the phone more functional when we're not using it just at a glance, kind of like they want the watch to do. But because we have so much more battery power on the phone, it's going to be able to do it. And there is hints. And we've seen a lot of developers say there is a hint of iPhone always 14 on. being yeah. always on. Yeah, so we'll have a little dim display, kind of like the watches, so you can just kind of glance and see those widgets. That, I think, right. is going to be the biggest experience and the biggest thing that's going to help people really separate their phones from others. I, I agree. And I think, you know, for me, 
Uh, I know you got excited about this. Taylor was excited about this. And for me, it's not as big of a deal. Um, I I don't know what it was. I thought it was really cool. But I guess giving people the option, and again, this is Apple we're talking about. Uh, Apple is not exactly known, living in their walled garden, as we love to call it in the tech world, for giving people the ability to do what they want on their devices, whether it's cosmetically, whether it's on the back end through APIs. So, I mean, this is really a cool thing, being able to customize the look, which involves going in the back end a little bit of your phone. So, you know, kudos to Apple for giving us that that, that ability. But the thing that really that I, my takeaway from this new look was not so much the customization of the screen, the widgets, the fonts, the look, the color, but notifications. The way that notifications now scroll and stack on the bottom of the phone rather than hijacking the entire front of your phone. Have you ever picked up your phone, Mark, when you put it down for a few minutes and there was like a text thread, a bunch of stuff, updates, and you look and it's completely overwhelming because you see 20 new things on the face of your phone notifications have gone completely bonkers and taken over even your max sized phone. Well, for me, this new look of how the, the new notifications will now roll up from the bottom and never cover the entire, they kind of like stack and roll. It's very compact, they run in real time. Uh, and, and listen, notifications have taken the next step also with even sports notifications where you'd get multiple notifications how your team was progressing during a game. Now, that one notification will update itself. It's gotten cleaner and simpler and keeps your phone, keeps the majority of your phone still free and clear so you're not overwhelmed with these stacking notifications. To me, that's a more subtle change that's not so subtle because it has more use. It has more actual day-to-day -day use for me than just the simple look of the notification screen or, you know, I mean yeah. so i love the way the notifications have really sort of gone to the next century and are going to be more functional too as, as well as more aesthetically pleasing Mark. i've just customized the screen mutual and what it has here as you can see here you've got of course it dims. It brought the globe back which i love yeah, the globe yeah. is back so i've got the current temperature outside i've got the battery state of my current charger because i have the battery case on i've got it's time like an apple watch i've You're got right. time zone so i can see the time zone as a glance so i know what time it is in la and what time it's in you know glasgow for example but that's the one thing you can only limit the widgets to those top, top little bar under the clock right now the rest of the screen has to stay empty for those notifications so that's right. one limitation right now um of course you can customize you know the clock and stuff like that in terms of the font which is cool but i think this is going to evolve this is one of those things yeah. that are going to evolve and one of those Absolutely. things that gives android users a reason to say we've had this forever guys you know yeah, this is new. you guys excited about something yeah. you've had for 400 yeah. years um, which is actually true they're absolutely right we make them in a funny voice but they're right you can't argue with the Android users. They're absolutely right. Yeah, no, it's silly. They're, they're, they're completely it's right. It's silly. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about focus mode now because I really, uh, focus mode really annoys me. Um, I was really hoping they'd just get rid of it because it just, it, it honestly, ever since they released focus mode, it right. makes, I miss more than I actually get. So it, it's something that I Unfocus have. Focus mode. Well, well uh, let, let's talk about focus mode another day. I have, I have, I have gripes against it. Do you want to move to messages? Because nah, this is actually please. great for people that are either drunk or do stupid things or make mistakes <laughs> or the dreaded drunk, stupid, mistake ridden combo, Ooh. which happens. Yeah. You meaning be able to recall your messages like if it's <laughs> yes, not too I late? Do. Please say he yes, didn't I see do. it yet. Please say he didn't see it. Oh great, he didn't see <laughs> it yet. How many times you accidentally? It. First of all, has autocorrect done something wildly auto oh, every auto day. appropriate every day? Um, have you sent the wrong text to the wrong person or talk crap about somebody to themselves? Meaning to send it to somebody else is going to be great for people. You can unsend an unread text. Although you know, I don't really talk bad about 
people except for, you know, just a couple of them, but I've never accidentally sent that to them. I got but that text. I know people that have. You didn't get that text. I recalled No, wait a second. I couldn't. No, you couldn't have. Oh, no, I couldn't do it. No, no. I'm, um, I'm joking, of course, about, yeah. you know, the talking about, well, people do, listen, people do talk about friends to other friends and mistakenly send those texts, which is just brilliant, sort of cosmic justice, right? Um, but you, the ability to unsend, I never understood why they couldn't do this before. You send a message, you realize it's the wrong person, you sent the wrong picture to the wrong person. For some people, it's really the wrong picture, if you get my drift. But I mean, now there's a way to undo your stupid mistakes. People have a way to undo their, I'm not, I'm not condoning it, Mark. I'm just saying people, you know, send things they don't mean to send or think better about sending something they did mean to send. So this undo any sent message, uh, it's just that one feature I think is absolutely genius. Yeah. I mean, they added some other things like you can actually mark a thread as unread. I guess that's helpful if you were peeking in on someone else's iPhone and you don't want them to know that you've read their messages. It's always fun. Right. Um, dictation updates, uh, fluid movement between voice and touch, automatic Which is also pretty good. That's yeah, been an totally. issue in the past. When you're trying to type something and then mix Dictates in a little serious dictation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do that That's all the time. That's actually good. That's actually pretty Automatic cool. punctuation. If it knows, if it recognizes yeah. a sentence should have a question mark or, you know, exclamation point. You know. I think automatic anything on the iPhone needs to be adjusted because they just keep screwing things up. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's give poor Siri a chance, even though she's quite dim compared to you know Google Assistant and several others. But yes, let's give her a shot. SharePlay is pretty cool. It allows you to really share more integratedly uh, across the operating system, whether it's within FaceTime or within messages. You can watch picture-in-picture picture, uh, stuff, which is pretty cool. The wallet got major overhauls. Oh, and, yeah. And they added, this is weird, and I'm sure it's only available in the U.S. right now, although they said it's across the board. You can automatically split things into four payments. Yeah, you could sort of Apple pay as you go kind of thing. As I hiccup you. and it's weird. Excuse uh, yeah, you. you can you could pay over time, which is like you know. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say, is it Apple like the Pay Apple already has an Apple Card. Bank? Is <laughs> so, it becoming a bank? Like, I don't know what's really going on here. Because it's not available. The Apple Card is not available outside the U.S. right now. It's still only available in the U.S. So I'm curious if this true. will be across the board. It's starting off with with Shopify. That's an integration they're doing with Shopify, which is interesting. But I'll see where it goes. I mean, we'll, And we'll no see interest, where it goes. no fees, which that part is the, that's the attractive part. So, you yeah. know, you're not really paying anything to I pay something. And, and listen, it's only in four payments. It's not like you could pay something. And by the name, Apple Pay Later is actually kind of a cool name. It's yeah, exactly no, I, li- I like that. But I just think it's dangerous. I think it's going to, there's going to be some caveats because it just makes it easier for you not to pay for something right yes. away. And what happens if your card gets frauded or something happens? Like, it just seems like there's, why would Apple get involved in that whole thing? I mean, something they have to deal with collections on, on Apple Pay for a third party or is the third party screwed? Maybe other companies or retailers have to opt into it. It just seems kind of strange that way. Yeah, it is kind of strange. But, you know, Apple, you say now is Apple becoming a bank? Aren't they already kind of sort of? Well, I mean, I think they do their Apple card through Goldman Sachs. I think that is their partner on the financial side or the financial branch of what they do. But, you know, becoming their own financial institution, are we really that surprised if that ends up being what happens? I mean, it happened with eBay when they first created PayPal and then PayPal became one of the larger banks. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, financial transactions. So it's not that weird. Successful companies, easy for me to say, you know, are really smart to have control of the entire message, aren't they? Yeah. And isn't the financial end of it really kind of, you know, if they can afford to do it, why not? Why not do it? Um, Maps, uh, expanding them more than 11 more countries. Uh, You can add stops to directions finally. So you can actually create a route to somewhere. Like if you're going to pick up the kids, then you need to go do the groceries. 
And yeah, it seems kind of, why would you do that if you know the directions? It gives you real-time traffic, right? It gives you all that information along the route, So, and it gives you alternate routes. So if you're going from one place to another to another to another, it'll optimize the time between those places and give you an ETA to that final destination or the, the destinations along. Yeah, and that's yep. what I love. Uh, transit, uh, you could save trips for later, something that I, obviously they come from the Waze side of things. Um uh, updated city experiences developers can now integrate things the city view this is cool because think of companies like uber think of companies like uh, lime scooters or people with any kind of rental you know you can actually put things on the map in real time which is pretty yeah. neat um street view more immersive look around you can actually see things more detailed um plus a whole bunch of server-side apis nothing augmented reality-ish no extended reality no virtual reality. A lot of people expected this event to be the precursor to Apple Glasses, and we saw nothing of the kind. Uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed about that, but I think we heard some rumors at the last minute that they were, you know, they had shown, uh, I think you mentioned this on our last show, uh, that they had shown board members the glasses not that long ago. Um, maybe there were some notes from that experience that made them hold off on at least revealing, because we never thought the glasses were going to come out this year. We thought they would reveal the glasses this year for going to you know going forward to release in 2023 so it's it's not surprising that we're not going to see the glasses for a while but we thought we'd get a little bit of a tease you know they're, they're not going to be ready yet and we're seeing more and more on the back end with sort of patents and you know terms that are being uh that are being set aside for uh, use in that ecosystem, uh, names that Apple is saving for when that ecosystem's in full bloom in terms of, uh, you know, augmented reality. So, I mean, it is going to come, but uh, were you like really disappointed or just no. like mildly disappointed? Mildly, I was like, like whatever, because you know, but I, didn't I never expect, really expected yeah, anything expect to come it. out anytime uh, in the near future. Uh, you know, family sharing more access to kids' accounts and managing that stuff. I, you know, I got to see how that stuff works. A lot of this stuff, Mitchell, is really I got to see how it works. I got to see this stuff in action to really get a good idea of of what's going on. Um, they did spend a lot of time on sports. They did. Apple wants you to know that they're your go to. Already they had a deal with, uh, you know, MLB, MLB Major League Baseball. Of the week, yeah. Show, game of the week. Uh, and now the uh, well, is this from the Apple TV app or is this? I guess it's integrated between Apple TV app and I think messages plus on messages your and iOS. plus iOS. Yeah. Like they're going to bring things together. Um, you're going to be able to see scores, play by play action and widgets. Apple News is going to be enhanced. There's going to be a new My Sports section and Apple News highlights. And, and, and I think they're just trying to integrate it more. And it's all going to be free, which is pretty cool. And it's all, it's all, by the way, when it comes to your favorite team as well, which goes into what I said before about notifications, taking that one notification for the score and just updating it rather than layer and layer and layer yeah, new you're updates. Yeah, not going to see 7 million so of them. Yeah, it's, real, it's cleaner. It's a cleaner experience for your favorite team as well. We talked about so many things. I wanted to touch upon two kind of last things as we wrap up our coverage. And we're going to be talking about this for quite a while to come as we get through the betas. I have it on my phone. I've got it on my Mac uh, M1. I'm going to put it on an iPad. We're going to we're going to test it all out. HomeKit got some really cool under the hood features. For example, it's going to support Matter. Matter is the new HomeKit standard or uh, home automation standard that is actually based on Apple's HomeKit, which is pretty cool. We're going to see a lot more devices come uh, with Matter compatibility over the coming months and the coming years. Cross-platform integration, which a lot of different companies. HomeKit, uh, you know, privacy is always at the, at, at the forefront of this. They're making it more simple. There's a new home app that's been redesigned from the bottom up with better widgets and a better view of your home. It needed um, that, so that's good. Oh, completely. Yeah. 
easily. I mean, I use HomeKit a lot, and I find that using the devices has been hard to navigate. So hopefully this is better integrated, and hopefully we see that integration a little better with the iPad and also in the Apple TV as well. Um, and, and you can organize things by rooms and cameras and create your own favorites, which is pretty cool. So HomeKit's getting overhaul. But, my <laughs> God, when they displayed CarPlay on oh every my. single screen in that clearly Mercedes vehicle... Yes, it was. Yes, clearly a Mercedes. <laughs> I recognize it because yeah. I have one, so I knew exactly what they were doing, yes. So what's going to happen if car manufacturers allow it? Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, will car manufacturers buy into it, which I think they will. I think they have. We just Once you already heard, have. Yeah. yeah, we haven't heard announcements yet, right? Um, but basically, CarPlay or Apple's iOS interface is going to take over the entire dashboard. Everything. From yeah. from your speedometer to your odometer to your gas to your oil to air conditioning control, everything in one interface. You don't have to leave CarPlay, get into your your manufacturer's you know, interface, and go back and forth. And it looks pretty damn sexy. Oh, it it looks amazing. And and I think when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, Mark. Because previously, or actually now, and by the way, they did have a list of of partners already. Yes. They did show a screen that Audi, shows a bunch of Porsche, partners. Uh, Jaguar, Audi, Audi, Porsche, Range Mercedes. Rover. Yeah, so there are a bunch of cars. And the reason they're doing this is, when you think about the modern car, uh, I think the traditional analog dashboard is slowly going the way of the Dodo, right? Yeah. Uh, we see a lot more car manufacturers putting a virtual or a digital dashboard in. Not just the high-end Audis and BMWs and Mercedes, but a lot of cars are going with this virtual digital dashboard. So now you have multiple screens. You have a large and sometimes ultra-wide dashboard screen along with a large, let's call it navigation or you know UI user interface screen in the middle of, of the car, in the middle of the front of the car that's either vertically or horizontally oriented, right? So they realize, well, why just have CarPlay on the middle screen when you could have that just entire experience Everywhere. on every screen <laughs> in your car? And the way that Apple does it, why not? If you're getting the information from the car anyway, why not have the speedometer, odometer, radio, uh, climate control? And it looks so good and it looks clean. It looks integrated. Yeah. I thought it was super sexy too. And the only thing that bothered me was it's not, we're not going to see this starting until starting until the end of 2023. So we're talking about a year and a half away before this whole thing really gets started. But what a view of the future and what a thing to look forward to, right? Well, that, and also that makes sense because the cycle on cars integrating technology oh, yeah. like this is absolutely uh, dreadful. It's horribly, horribly long, let alone yeah. the fact that there are chip shortages and other things involved. We'll see this start rolling out and it will be, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a factor in my decision making for a new car. And they actually threw out a stat that it was like almost 80% of new car buyers are actually deciding on vehicle purchases based on CarPlay. I, you know what? I totally get it because what we're used to a certain experience in our pocket, in our homes, our phones are pretty much have taken over our lives. So wouldn't you want that same experience in your car without having to reprogram or deal with a different user interface? Now just plug your phone or in some, a lot of cases, just, you know, lie your phone on, you know, in the center stack and yeah. have wireless car play. And all of a sudden, boom, all the things, the way that you interface with your gadget is the same in the car as it is in your office, as it, as it is in your home. Who doesn't want that? Who, as we get older, I forget that. 
things. It's easier to remember one thing than have to remember three different ways to control something, right? I just love the fact that we'll be able to really integrate things like maps, turn-by-turn directions. Yes. Yes. Imagine gas stations and people. You'll be able to see things light up the whole dashboard in a way that we didn't have it before. I'm curious how it's going to extend to things like heads-up displays and other customizable elements. Like if you think of some of the newer vehicles that are coming on the road, like the new Mercedes Electric that has a screen across the entire entirety of the front of the dash of the car and gives the the passenger control and the person in the rear seat control this is going to be really interesting to see how that oh, works. i just thought of one last thing so you know a lot of companies and have been resistant in the past to doing carplay or you know android or auto for that matter because they don't want to pay the licensing fee yeah they don't want to pay apple the licensing fee. there's a resentment there we know you know tesla and elon musk classically anti carplay for what that being one of the reasons but when you think about it mark for any car that has navigation that uses a mapping system, most of which are made by Garmin these days, that require updating and require payment and a licensing fee, you would no longer have to worry about in-house or even third-party navigation software or mapping software, more appropriately. That wouldn't have to be paid for anymore. So it's would you rather pay a nominal licensing fee to Apple to have CarPlay? Or you're going to pay either way. Or make people pay to update maps in their car. Or you pay to have the initial two-year subscription for those updates when you sell a new car. You're going to pay either way. Yeah. Why not have it be something that is completely autonomous? Let Apple do their thing. Offload it from your company. You don't have to build the navigation anymore. Just make an accessible car that Apple can take over. And, and not only that, world. But imagine updates that they don't have to worry about anymore that Apple can take care of or that you can push to your specific car via Apple's CarPlay ecosystem, which and is And your map cool. updates in real time over, the, over <sighs> days, weeks, and years without a yearly or biannual update it's ridiculous imagine to find my integration you'll be able to find your car where it's parked of course this is going to integrate with apple car keys and your wallet and all this fun stuff anyhow there's so much more to get to we will get to it over the coming weeks thank you guys for tuning into our show and hearing our recap of this i'm really excited about all the fun stuff if there's something specific that you want us to get into let us know it's contact at your we'll happily get into something more specific maybe i'll put a couple of videos out about some of the features just adding widgets to the home screen i think people want to know how that's going to work what the limitations are i i'm curious about it i'm curious to see how mac os works with the new beta we're going to get that stuff plus we're going to get the frequent updates so thank you mitchell Thank you, everybody else. There's Thank so you, much Taylor. more to get to. Thank you, Taylor, for this detail. <laughs> yeah, this episode brought to you in part by Taylor and all his details. I mean, we probably wouldn't have gotten to all this stuff if it wasn't for his detailed list that he sent over. <laughs> My God. Do we have to send him money? Do we need royalties no, no, for Taylor? Just, just treat him like the great guy he is. Treat him like the great guy he is. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, and thank you, guys. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Flatley. You've been listening to Your Tech Report. We'll chat with you again next week. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.